0: Uh, I was going to pass on this, but I felt the Lord saying to me to tell you the story. I think some of you may have heard it already, um, many years ago, uh, as well a, a relatively young Christian, maybe, but certainly saved quite a number of years. But many years ago now, but I had backslidden, okay, um, heavily backslidden at the time. You know, wasn't walking with the Lord as I should have been. And it was a Saturday. I remember it very clearly. Uh, I lived over on the south side. And I was lying. I was having one of those chill out days. And I'm lying on my couch. <coughs> I was backsling. i was just lying there, kind of just really chilling out, enjoying, um, you know, just relaxing. And suddenly, without warning, the Lord Jesus walked into my living room. So I'm lying. Talk about fear of the Lord. Because I'm a backslider. And without breaking step, he just started talking to me. And he just... It's like, and the Lord was speaking about the state of his church. And lamenting things, as maybe how I put it. Um, things that were grieving him. Things that were upsetting him. In the church, in his body. And he's talking away, and just you know, like like I am now, but really quite quite rapid, just talking. And I'm and I'm lying there. And you know, I'm crying, I'm weeping. And I kept saying to him, Lord, and he just ignored me. He just keep ignoring. Me. And I would try to get his attention to stop him talking and say, Lord, and but but he just kept talking. Lamenting. And he was very upset. I I would say there was an anger, but it was more, it was he was upset. And he's just unburdening this on me. And I said, Lord, Lord. And eventually he turned to me, What is it? And I went, Lord, you do know I'm backslidden, right? And he went, And what? And just kept on. I said, So. Why are you here talking to me like this? I'll never forget what he said. I'm trying to say it without crying. He said, because you're my friend and a whole bunch of folk won't listen to me about this stuff. And he just turned them walked back out them. Now, that taught me a lot that no amount of Bible college, theology, doctrinal books could tell me. And it was, a, I'm backsliding, I'm not walking with God. Okay? And, and here, he didn't say, so get right with me. He didn't ask me to do it. And I know in my heart he didn't expect me to do it. And I didn't do it right away. But I did eventually do it, obviously. Um, not, not, um, maybe not that long after. Relationship and religion are two different things. And we might not be walking with, in fellowship with him, but he never ceases being a friend to mm-hmm. us. Amen? So all we have to do is respond. Okay? He's always on in the friendship thing. He's always, you know, he doesn't have an off switch. Mm-hmm. You know, we might go away in the huff. We'll be listening to Bill Johnson about that. Talking about that wonderful teaching on that, how we can get a little bit upset, a little bit jaded, a little bit bitter, and really end up losing our first love and get through as he said the routines, but you're not, you're not in that place that you were. We can do that, and I was backsliding. I, you know, I, I know how to backslide, folk, backslid folks. Amen. Uh, you know, I, I backslid, and one guy, a worker, says, "You're a born again heathen." how good I can backslide but he never broke the friendship and as he says i knew you'd listen to me that's what he said to me and he needed somebody to listen because we're not here as worms and he's way up high in the sky he's a friend that sticketh closer than a brother and he'll always be faithful to that friendship now we need to get right we need to walk right he wasn't saying, I'd love any old way you want. He's not saying that, I'm not saying that. But friends, when we sing, what a friend, we're not talking about Jesus as our homeboy. Jesus is our buddy man, okay? He's not our buddy, he's not our pal, he's a covenant friend, <laughs> and he sticks closer than our brother. Anyway, that's just, there's a wee mini-sermon without a, 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 an added extra. I've just thrown that one in for free. <laughs> Praise the Lord. It's not just breakfast. You know, we do give out free Bibles too. If anyone needs a Bible, amen? amen. Um, and, uh, and free, free as a freebie sermon. Praise the Lord. Let's turn to Isaiah chapter 60, please. What a friend. What a friend we have in Jesus. And one of the things the Lord's been saying to me recently is, we need to move out of Sardis and into Philadelphia. Philadelphia that means that literally that word means love of the brothers and God wants a church in the earth God wants a body in the earth an ecclesia in the earth where the brothers really love each other not just give lip service to that's sadness whoever hates his brother is a murderer the bible says there's a whole bunch there a whole bunch of uh, sermons and that but we're going to look at this because Isaiah 60 is about the Philadelphia church. Saddest folks won't walk in this. Tell that right now. Saddest is the church that we grew up in, all of us here. But God says there's something better on the earth and it's Philadelphia. Okay, where the key of David is functioning. Amen. So we're going to look at that. Read Isaiah 60 in conjunction with Revelation 3 and you'll understand it if you, you keep doing it. Uh, not right now but in your own private arrive say, verse 1 for your light has come and the glory of the Lord the glory of Yahweh has risen upon you maybe one day I'll get to preach the meaning of all that the deeper meaning and look at some stuff in that that will blow your mind but we're looking at what we're going to look at today for behold the darkness shall cover the earth and deep darkness the people welcome to Britain 2022 deep darkness folks let's not pretend what we watched this week where Boris Johnson the pony show that's going on that was going on uh, the media pile upon him and that listen I believe Boris had to go it was time but we're we're in deep darkness as a nation and this week's uh, circus highlights that so he says behold look at it it's happening we looked at how there's two sets of eyes to look at events we look with our natural eyes to see what's going on but we need a, a deeper look we need a a look from the eyes of our inner man to see what god is doing we're not here in the gathering on a saturday morning to look at what's going on in the world we talk about it we discuss it we rightly uh, you know, judge it. But we're here to hear what God's got to say. Amen? So, behold, darkness covers the earth, deep darkness appears. But the Lord will arise over you. There's the but, the divine but. But the Lord will arise. There's God's answer. God's answer to all the darkness is shine the light. And he shines it over you. Shines it literally from you. You are the light of the world, Jesus said. Amen. He's the light of the world in us. Shining through us to be the light of the world. He'll arise over you. His glory will be seen upon you. I'm taking that literally. I'm not taking that as, oh, folks will look at us and go, oh, they're they're blessed. Yes, I believe that. But I believe there's going to be manifestations of glory on God's people. That you walk into Asda and people will fall over. Because they'll see the glory in you. And the glory on you, it's manifest. Faith, I, 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 I read Ed Silvoza say this, faith is a manifestation of things unseen. In other words, what's really going on in here, who you are in the glory is more real than anything else about you. You know, you might look in the mirror and go, oh, you know, time has taken its toll. Amen. Or, I remember there was a lot less of me to look at. Don't, don't Amen. Where did all those wrinkles come from? Okay. Amen. Or in my case, look what the Lord has done. <laughs> anyway, praise the Lord. No, I'm only joking. The point I'm trying to make is, is that that's not the real you. The real you is who you are in glory realms. Amen. Who you are in the inner man. The hidden man of the heart, the Bible says. But this verse tells me he's not going to be hidden for long the hidden man is coming out on show, on display in manifestation that's what we're all longing for we talk about revival, awakening, all these things but what we really mean is the glory that's in us is going to start coming out of us amen, amen. and be seen and it's not, to, it's not glory to glorify us as look at, look at how wonderful we are it's look at how wonderful he is isn't it? The inner man is the Jesus man. It's not the super enhanced bill that's coming out, it's Jesus. Amen? Amen. So, praise the Lord. So it says here, his glory will be seen. And this is the bit I want us to look at. The nations, that word Gentiles means nations. That's simply what it means, nations. The nations shall come to your light and kings to the brightness of your rising. The Lord has said something to me. You're, you're, sometimes God rebukes you and it's, it, you, you've not done anything wrong, if that makes sense. Sometimes he says something to you so powerfully, it sounds like a rebuke. It's not really a rebuke, but it's like he's so correcting your thinking mm-hmm. that it's like, oh, Because you've all heard me saying this and we've been talking about for quite a number of weeks now multitudes and nations are your destiny. Well I want to say something to you this morning that the Lord has so powerfully corrected that in my thinking that it just actually sounds like a rebuke. And it's this, multitudes and nations and kings are your destiny. That's what I believe God wants us to look at this morning. You know, I've shared with you the vision that David had the very first night of Arise Scotland way back in 20, whenever that was, 2020. And that vision that David had of all multitudes come in the street here, but he did say it was for other churches too. But he said, government people will come, kings will come, leaders will come. The nations shall come to your light and kings to the brightness of your rising. I'm going to ask this morning, is our faith at that? You, we can maybe believe that nations or multitudes will come, people will come, but do we believe that kings will come? You know, I've, I've shared this, I've, I've, I've said this before and I'll say it again. I mean, can, can we imagine the, whatever they draft, as limos? Range Rovers, I don't know. Government vehicles stopping outside that door. And Nicola Sturgeon coming out. Other important political personages. Boris. You know, let me just say this. Maybe if Boris had come, he wouldn't be going. Amen. Amen. You know, maybe some of them get the message that you come and hear the man of God, the people of God, You come and worship god you come to the place where the glory is the spout where the glory comes out and you don't lose your office you keep your office with god's anointing on you amen the kings will come i don't think that's just governmental kings i think that's business kings uh, kings in different areas kings in different realms but leaders shakers shapers influencers movers People who are of great influence, you know, we we recently were in Neil Oliver's company, and we befriended, speak to Neil Oliver's life, and and he listens. Okay, I, I, I like Neil Oliver, but there's a man that I believe if he was set ablaze by the the Holy Ghost fire, he he could end up being a first minister, Amen. but he could certainly end up being. Uh, a man who leads revival in Scotland and Britain. If God's hand's not on that man, I'm not a prophet of God. And we need people like that. We need them in our churches. We need them in our meetings. We need them in our gatherings. Because I, I, I just, well, first of all, the Bible says they'll come. Amen? Kings will come. Now, we can maybe believe for nations and multitudes and people, but do we believe for kings? Do we believe for people that will come like that? Kings in different realms of life, in different parts of society. Um, As Margaret will tell you, we talk a lot in Bible College in my class about penetrating the seven mountains. The seven mountains of culture, business, education, government, all of these different realms. You know if if the people that sit on top of those mountains were born again spirit-filled bible-believing tongue-talking devil stomping christians think about how different society would be think about how different society would be if the heads of all the television stations and channels or whatever said we're not going to have any more evil content under my chairmanship under my managing directorship whatever Think about how that would impact folks. That's what we're believing for. Not just to get a whole bunch of folks saved, but to to change society, to transform society, because we penetrate those areas, those mountains, if you want to call it, um, those spheres of influence, where kings, leaders, in all those different spheres of influence come to these meetings come to church meetings, come to Holy Ghost meetings and learn and say we don't know what we're doing because folks, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and if you don't have the fear of the Lord, I don't care who you are let me just say this to you, that's what Boris missed Amen. that's what Boris lacked and you know, we talk about Trump and I think Trump gave a lot of respect to Christian folks, we know he did but did he really have the fear of the Lord? You know, I believe the fear of the Lord is the key to everything. We've looked at that in previous messages. It's a game changer. Of course it is. Because there are so many promises attached to it. That if God's word is true, having the fear of the Lord is your key. And if you're a leader, that's the one thing you need. It's the one thing you need. Blessed is a man that feareth the Lord. That delighteth greatly in his commandments. Kings will come. Tells us here. We looked at this verse four. Lift up your eyes all around and see. They all gather together. Who's who's gathering? Tells us they come to you. Your sons shall come from far. Your daughters shall be nursed. You say, well, there's the nations, <clears throat> multitudes, nations and kings. We're adding that kings now to that. Okay, it's not just an add-on. It's so much part of it. You know, people don't understand this. People say, if I said to you, who was Paul called to? You would say, well, some would say it was called to his own people, to the Jews. (laughs) Others would say, well, it was also called to the Gentiles, to the nations. But do you know there's a third people group that Paul was called to? Kings. Paul was called to kings. And I've shared the message I've preached here about who some of those kings were in Romans. When Paul was writing to Romans, Paul was writing to... Uh, British royalty who were in the Palatium Britannicum where the Church of Rome not the Church of Rome as in the Roman Catholic Church where the Church in Rome in Bible times met in the Palatium Britannicum where British royalty was stationed and had their church meetings so Paul had a relationship with kings that he spoke is there any more, is there any greater book theologically than the book of Romans. Mm -hmm. Folks, we need to understand we're called to kings. And if we believe Isaiah chapter 60, kings are called to come. Mm -hmm. And let me just say this to you, and it's so important. Kings only come for two reasons. but Not just for two reasons, but the two main reasons. Kings Good kings, authentic kings, kings worth their salt, will come to learn something. Kings are attracted to wisdom. Amen. Okay? If you know something that a king doesn't know, okay, and they find out you know it, and they find out it will benefit them. Where do you think all these government advisors come from? Because somebody in authority, somebody in, in, in high office, learns that you know something they don't, that they need. Mm-hmm. The next thing you know, you're appointed a special advisor. And, folks, every single Christian should fall into that category. Mm-hmm. If you're an Isaiah 60 Christian, somebody somewhere who, who is in leadership, political, business, or whatever, should have you on speed dial. That's how God set this thing up. Now, the other reason to come is because of the gold or because of the glory. See, he says, your eyes he say, your light has come. The glory has risen. People can see it. So nations are coming to that and so are kings. Kings, come to the brightness of your rising. If you want to see kings coming through the door, folks, we have to see the rising of the glory. We have to start shining the light. The Bible doesn't tell us that God's going to shine. He commands us to shine. Which means we've got got to cooperate. We have to do the rising and shining. He's already risen. Don't mean from the dead, I mean he's already exalted on high. He's already got more than enough glory. It's you and I that need to start displaying that. Amen. Okay. And he tells us to do it. He doesn't say, well, "Don't worry, you don't have anything to do with this. I'll do it all." He says, "No, you rise, you shine. You know, let your little, let your light shine before men." Okay. So we it, there's there's a disconnect if we're not walking in this, and it's time for God's people to walk in it. I know we've walked in it in times past. We've seen revivals. We speak about them. We put, you know, I think we put a lot of men in pedestals. That if they came in and saw the pedestals, they'd kick them down. And say, no, 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 no. My, my ceiling is your floor. Don't don't venerate me. Just just emulate me. Amen. We need to start walking. The walk, not just talking the talk. So he says, um, sons and daughters will come. Then you shall see become radiant. Your heart shall swell with joy. And it actually says in King James, your, your heart will fear. Because the abundance of the sea shall return to you. The wealth of the nations shall come to you. Okay. The multitude of camels shall cover your land. We would say today, cars are coming. Buses are coming. They're all coming. The multitudes are coming. They shall bring gold and incense. They shall proclaim the praises of the Lord. They're not coming here for breakfast. Amen. They're coming here for the word. They're coming here to praise God. They're coming here because the motto of this city is let Glasgow flourish by the preaching of thy word and the praising of thy name. Um, And he goes on, but look what it says here. The sons of foreigners, verse 10, shall build up your walls and their kings shall minister to you. Kings are coming, folks. We better get ready. We better prepare. Kings are coming. Verse 11 says, Your gates shall be open continually, they shall not be shut day or night. Well, you know, we, we speak about this a lot, don't we? How? And it's not, it's not really so much true now, but it used to be where chapels and churches would be open all the time. Now I think we need to get back to that. But you know what that means? People need to be here to look after the building. But it also means a change of mindset from, you know, where churches are closed except for the couple of meetings they have a week, but that churches become places where people go. Because it says they'll be shut open continually, they shall not be shut down. night. Now, I know you can say, well, that's the internet or that's... But I believe there's a physical reality to that, manifestation. That men may bring to you the wealth of the nations. Well, I'm up for that again this is the people this is multitudes. this is nations but look what it says and they're kings and they're kings in procession see if, if if we don't have a mindset that says we're open for business so <coughs> i'm i've got this vision of the prime minister coming i've got this vision of all the of all that you know the top ranking politicians coming And all the top businessmen coming and civic officials coming if we don't have that vision we're not in line with this book yet because that's what this book and I'm not just talking about this building folks and I'm not just talking about this meeting I'm talking about the church the body of Christ the people of God you're sitting in your living room watching Landward and the phone goes and it's hello this is Glasgow City Council the Provost would like you to come in, she needs prayer, and boy does she need prayer. Amen. Or this is, uh, this is uh, the Scottish Government here, could you get through to Edinburgh as quickly as possible. The First Minister has a major policy decision to make, that she'll not do it without input from the people of God. Hallelujah. So that, that's, that's, that's fantastic. Well, tell God. He wrote, the kings are coming. Amen. So I'm going to just spend the rest of the time looking a little bit at that. Before we do it, let's turn to Isaiah chapter 2 and get the principle here. Get get the, the spirit of this. Get what God wants to show us here. See, Isaiah had this. you know, Of course, Isaiah was a prophet to the king of Judah. Amen. See, these guys all functioned in the reality that what they said, they would say to kings and leaders. Now you say, "Oh, they were prophets. They were national prophets." Well, you're a prophetic people. Every Christian that has the testimony of Jesus has a spirit of prophecy. <laughs> Amen. Mm-hmm. So if you've got a testimony, you're saved. Then there's a prophetic thing around you, mm-hmm. and upon you, and in you. Amen. But not all necessarily in the fivefold office of prophets. We're not all necessarily functioning in the gift of prophecy, but we all do have that prophetic thing about us just because we know Jesus. Amen. So, Isaiah chapter 2, uh, verse 2, it shall come to pass in the latter days. Are we in the latter days, friends? Yeah. That the mountain of the Lord's house, of Yahweh's house, shall be established on the top of the mountains. Mountain here is a metaphor for power, kingdoms, what the Bible calls horns, empires, France is a mountain, Britain is a mountain, you understand the EU is a a mountain, mountains are collectives of nations or peoples that have power in the earth, okay, so mountains, so God can speak to Mount Edom, he can speak to uh, Zion, his holy mountain, he can speak to different mountains, so In the latter days, the mountain of the Lord's house, which is what we are on right now, and we are in right now, and we are right now, we are Zion in the earth, shall be established on the top of the mountains. And that means sitting on top, standing on top, it means the mountains of the nations and the kingdoms and the empires. and by the way, Facebook is is a mountain, Twitter is a mountain, these are all Mountains. And we're on top of them. We should be on top of them. God has placed us on top of them. But if we function from a place where we see that we're under the mountains, and oh look at oh look what's happening, look at oh they they're so big, Lord. See what happened with the twelve spies was ten of them saw themselves as grasshoppers, and two of them saw themselves as grasshopper stomping, giant stomping people. And, what, and and you will function according to what you believe. So if we believe we're on top of the mountains, um, then that's how we're going to function. But if we believe, oh no, we just have to get our bags packed because Jesus is coming soon. Hold the fort for I am coming. Oh my, oh Lord, come soon. There's no victory anymore. Victory left a long time ago when they shut the last evangelical church in, wherever it is. Amen. Oh, we're living in the last days. Well, in the last, the last days, the latter days, then the mountain of the Lord's house should be on top of the mountains. Mm-hmm. Amen. And shall be exalted above the hills. And all nations shall flow to it. Think about it. Think about saying, am I going to get near the church this morning? There'll be so many people there. That's the vision he saw. Fighting your way through the crowds. Listen, to you open the building. Yes. Oh no. Oh no, it's the last days. Well, this is the last days. This is, this is what the prophet, <coughs> as the prophet said it would be. All over the world, the spirit is moving. We should have sang that this morning. Uh-huh. All over his church, the spirit is moving. Right here in this place. This is a house of favour. This is a house of glory. We should be saying that about her, the houses we live in and the houses we worship in. All nations shall float it. Many people. Oh well, if we get another couple, we'll be doing well. <laughs> many people. Many people as multitudes shall come and say, Come on, let's go up to the, to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob. He will teach us his ways and we shall walk in his paths. For out of Zion shall go forth the law, the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. And we we, we know this. Okay. Why? Because kings are coming. Kings are coming, folks. Mm -hmm. Okay. Nations are coming and they're kings in procession with them. You say, well, that's just, that's just crazy. I want us to look very quickly, we're running out of time now, but very quickly. We might pick this up again next week because it's so important. We've got a little bit of time left. 1 Kings chapter 4. Quite a bit of scripture to read through and it's all self-explanatory. But I'm going to say this to you and again talk about Bill Johnson. He says, out of all the Bible characters he studies, uh, Solomon is the one that he, he looks at the most. And identifies with a And Now we know Solomon messed up in his latter days. Okay. But it's not pretend. But the, the early days of Solomon's reign was the apex, the pinnacle of old covenant glory. Because he built the house of God, didn't he? He built the temple. It was all covered in gold and precious things. The Bible actually says that silver became Commonest stones in Solomon's reign. I think there's, there's a, a verse that says that they had bings or something of silver in Jerusalem, and people could go and help themselves. Silver was so valueless because Solomon was a king, but it was all gold. So, a little bit of heaven and earth. You know, you, you, we've heard the old uh, story of the, the angels. Talking, two angels talking. And one of them says to the other, says, I can't go over these humans. And the, the the other one says, Why is that? He says, They run about all their lives seeking after pavement. Because the streets are paved, we go in heaven. So let's just read a little bit. King Solomon was king over all Israel. This is first Kings chapter 4, sorry. And then it tells about his officials, who names them all. Um, and we won't go into all the names. There's seven. Solomon had 12 governors over all Israel who provided food for the king and his household. Each one made provision for one month of the year. Then he names them all. Okay? So Solomon had people providing for him. Okay? Solomon is a type of the church. David is a type of Christ. David was the man with blood in his hands. He was the man that fought all the battles. But Sol- Solomon's name means peaceful. And it comes from the word shalom, which means peace, wholeness. Nothing missing, nothing lacking, nothing broken. Okay? So Solomon's name means peaceful. We live in the peace because Jesus had blood in his hands. Amen. Our blood's not good enough. But Jesus was the man of battle that took upon him the fight for our salvation and defeated principalities and powers made an open show of them amen but we get to we get to we're more than conquerors you know another illustration of that is that what's the difference between a conqueror and someone who's more than a conqueror well the conqueror is the boxer who goes into the ring and fights 15 hard rounds (coughs) wins on points or a last-minute knockout whatever comes home to his wife he's got the belt over his shoulder and he's got the check or the money for the fight he's covered in blood he's covered in bruises he's he's battered he's a conqueror and he walks home to his wife and hands her the prize money and she says thank you darling she's the one that's more than a conqueror Amen, and that's Solomon. Solomon wasn't a, a, a warring king, and that Solomon therefore is a type of the church. Okay, so look what it says here. I, I love this, verse twenty. Yeah, that's verse twenty. Isn't it? Judah and Israel were as numerous as the sand by the sea. In multitude. Amen. We should be numerous as the sand of the sea. Why? Because that was Abraham's blessing, wasn't it? Mm -hmm. Can you count the grains of sand? Can you count the stars? No. So shall thy seed be. And Abraham is our father. His DNA is in us. Not as individually. I'm I'm talking collectively. The church. The church should be as numerous as as the sand of the seashore. Eating and drinking and rejoicing. You know, we don't come to church to be glum, do we? No, no. We don't come, uh, you know, to, to listen to Dr. Drydust and Sister Nasal here and, and all. We don't, do we? We don't come, oh, well, I'm, I'm going to church. You, you can be like me come to church and be as happy as I am. I'm happy. I'm happy, so happy. Anyway, no, because church is the place where we rejoice because we're a saved people, a redeemed people, a people of glory. Amen? Amen. And that was Solomon's reign. Israel was, this this is a golden age, brothers and sisters. In the early days, anyway. So Solomon reigned over all kingdoms, from the river, which is Euphrates, to the land of the Philistines, as far as the borders of of Egypt, watch this they brought tribute and served Solomon all the days of his life, that word tribute in Hebrew is a word that means donations or offerings or gifts okay what does it say in Isaiah chapter 60, they'll come and they'll bring their silver and their gold with them, they'll bring gold they'll bring incense the wealth of the nations shall come now we're not hunting the the wealth folks we're hunting the glory in that respect our hearts are for the glory but the bohem to solomon god said to solomon what do you want and he said he didn't say oh tons of money or he didn't say victory over all my enemies he said wisdom to lead this people Amen. And God says, it's yours. You've got it. And I'll give you all that stuff you didn't ask for. Solomon wanted wisdom and he got the wealth. Folks, we're after the glory. And the Bible says, because the glory is upon you, the wealth of the nations shall come. We don't have to uh, covet stuff. We don't have to pursue stuff. Stuff pursues us. Goodness and mercy follow us. And what comes right after them is wealth. And, and, and everything that we need not for our own personal consumption but to build his kingdom Amen. Amen to buy the TV stations that are putting out the smut and say no more from now on it's the gospel Amen now Solomon's provision for one day and it tells us watch this verse 24 for he had dominion over all the region on this side of the river From Tisha even to Gaza, namely watch this over all the kings over all the kings over all the kings why did all those kings come to Solomon because he had dominion over them amen Amen. they knew where their bread was buttered they knew who they had to give tribute to they knew who they had to bow the knee to (coughs) they knew who was ruling over them and they weren't unhappy because they were blessed Because they were serving a man who God had blessed. You don't have to be top dog. You just have to be in good relationship with the one who is top dog. Right? And that top dog has to be somebody who's, who's seated at the feet of the master. Amen? You see, authority, it doesn't trickle down, it pours down. And that's why we had covenant forefathers who say, We don't care if you're a king, we don't mind, we'll have a king. We should have a king. Kings are biblical. But you, the king we have, should have a king that's seated at God's right hand. You bow the knee to Jesus and say, Jesus is king, you're our king. Amen? Amen. And we need kings, queens, sovereigns, monarchs, prime ministers, first ministers, secretary of state for defense city council leaders, we need our leaders to be those that say we, we bow before the king of kings Amen. Now that's government and that's functioning government and that's kingdom in our kingdom and over America sadly they don't have a queen but you know um, we've just had independence day they don't have a, a, a monarchy but you know I love that little phrase make, not a make America great again Make America Great Britain again. Yeah. Amen? Because, anyway, we're not going to get into them. That's a whole different message. But if you're an American, or you're in another country, and you're a leader, pride, president, prime minister, whatever, bow the knee, King Jesus, that's, that's what we're after. Thank God we get very close to it, I believe, a Trump. But let's continue to read what it says here. The dominion over all these kings. And watch this. He had peace in every side. All around him. I preached a message last night. Preached it many times. Preached it in here. Multiple times. Preached it here every week. Really. That when you pray for kings and all that in authority. The Bible says the result of that is peace and justice in the land why are we seeing darkness instead of peace and justice? Because we're not praying enough. It's that simple. We, we've not reached that tipping point yet. Not enough people know that. You know, you go to prayer meetings. I go to prayer meetings. I, the reason I don't go to prayer meetings is because I get grieved. What are we are praying for tonight? Oh, well, uh, my auntie Jeannie's got a sore toe. I've had a wee touch of the lumbago. Could you pray for me? Uh, and let's pray for, you know, We need a new roof in the church. Everything but what the Bible says, first of all, which is to pray for all men, kings and those that are in authority, that we may lead a peaceable life. And then it goes on to speak about creating an atmosphere for revival. We don't do that in prayer meetings. You've been to prayer meetings where none of that is touched ever. You've been to prayer meetings where monumental things have gone on in the nation and they don't even discuss it. They're not prayer meetings, folks. If you're talking biblical prayer. I'm I'm running out of time. Watch this. It says here in Judah and Israel. We could say in England and Scotland or whatever. Understand? It's the same principles that govern nations. In the Bible, it's govern nations now. Shall dwell safely. Do you feel safe right now? Or are you looking at the skies saying... When are the nuclear bombs coming? Listen, I've had visions of that. I've shared them. It's not, I don't believe it's nailed on. I don't believe it can't be. But it has to be prayed off. To dwell safely. <clears throat> is there a threat of Is there a 1%? Because 1% is 1% too much. They, they didn't have... Judah and Israel dwelt safely. I don't read of threats. All the nations, all the kings gave tribute to Solomon. Now, Solomon wasn't such a genius. He did that for himself. God did it. Because Solomon bowed the knee. In his early okay, things changed. Each man under his vine and under his fig tree, from Dan as far as Beersheba, all the days of Solomon. Everybody was prospering. We're talking... I'm not going to get to finish this today, which is fine. We'll we'll, we'll press on next week. We were talking before the meeting about the way things are. And we've been speaking about it. And and Listen, famine is not just coming, it's here. Okay, we've already had plague, we've had war, and now we've got famine, and the fourth horseman's death. So we're living in momentous times. Let's not pretend. But that's because... And, you know, you thought, well, that prosperity message, that's not of God. Listen, you better believe in God prospering you. Because you're going to end up starving in the days to come if you don't. You know, or God providing for you. Okay? At a level where you don't have to fear because you live in safety. Amen? And you've got your vine tree and you've got your fig tree. In other words, you have provision. Amen. amen and this is under Solomon's reign. and i want to tell you right now just i'll say this in closing because I, we don't want to go too, too too long there was a time in this nation when i, when I talk about nation i mean britain well, same in england and, and scotland and so on that the needs of the people were met by the church You wanted your children educated, you went to a church school, not a government school. It was churches that ran John Knox started all that, didn't he? We need an education for everybody in Scotland. Praise God for John Knox. Amen. We ought ought to just do a whole series on him. You you, you, You had sickness. The hospitals were run by the church. You needed money. Well, they had all kinds of relief funds. Amen. We even had them. In fact, the people who started this ministry 160 odd years ago, that's what that's what they did. They provided for the needs of the poor, spiritually first, but everything else, financially, materially, and everything else. Because the church understood that's our role. That's our function. That's our job. And guess what? Government, politicians looked at it and says, you know what, if we take that over from the church, we'll get their loyalty, or or they'll serve us. And that's what happened. Then we got the nanny state. Oh, the NHS, it's a wonderful thing. No, being dependent on the government is never a wonderful thing. Being dependent on God is what every single human being should be. And that's why it's the role of the church to do these things. Folks, I believe we're going to get that back. We're going to get that back. That's what what this is about. Isaiah 60 is about the collapse of Babylon, and then what rises in its place, which is the church of Jesus Christ, being what the church of Jesus Christ should always have have been, has walked in some of it before, but will walk in far greater. They're not going to go to the, the Dole office, they don't call it that anymore. not going to go listen who wants to go to the gps or the hospitals right now let let me just say this if we had competent people who are able to pray and and get folks healed in church who would go to hospital they're going to come and say i can't pay my bills this week and we're going to take up a collection see the collection isn't to make the preacher rich the collection okay in the early church was to be given to the poor. Okay? And in the early church, what happened was they got all these folks saved. Had a revival, got folks saved. And it says, the ones that had, the ones that were were wealthy, they looked at the folks that didn't have anything and said, oh, you sell some of our stuff. We're not going to sit in a church with people that can't pay the bills. Mm -hmm. And that wasn't snobbery. That was saying, we're not having our brothers and sisters Mm -hmm. fretting for money. So they took it to the apostles' feet, they laid it down, I've sold this land, I've sold, I've sold this, here, distribute that among, you know, we, we can't have poor people in here. You know, in the old covenant in the law, it says, God says, you will not have any poor people among you. And when Jesus says, they'll always be poor among you, he wasn't saying, because that's God's will, some people should be poor, and some people should be, righteous. that's not what he meant, he meant was that some people, no matter what you, how you try to help them, they're going to end up poor, okay? Because then it's our job to help them. Amen. Amen. Until they get helped enough that they can help others. That's God's system. I could go on on about this, so I'm going to leave it there, folks. I've, I've, I've went on maybe more than I wanted to. We'll pick this up again next week. We need to walk in that Solomon paradigm, <clears throat> Where kings, the kings came to Solomon because Solomon had greater glory than any of them. And you looked at him and you know, what's, what's the difference? The wisdom. The wisdom that Solomon walked in. That's why the Queen of Sheba came. We'll look at her next week. Oh, the Queen of Sheba, she fainted when she saw how amazing Solomon's kingdom I'm going to ask you a question. Are people fainting when they look at you and go, my goodness me? <laughs> Amen? And I don't mean because you're so handsome, George. <laughs> I mean because they look go, there's something about that guy. He's got it all together. The favor that's on him. The glory that's on him. Hallelujah. Amen? God wants us to walk in that Isaiah 60 glory. Not so that people will think we are hot rods. This is what a self-promotion. Look how cool I am. Amen. I know some of you were calling me father earlier. <laughs> Thou shalt call no man father. Amen. And certainly don't call me father Ted. Forever, <laughs> I am <laughs> jolly. Alright, yeah, I am jolly. Okay, very funny. I'll repeat you later. It's his glory. That is the magnet. It's His glory that is, is to be the magnet that brings in the nations, that brings in the kings. With, we want what you've got. We want to walk in what you walk in. Some of us have maybe got a testimony. Where some people have maybe said that there's something about you. I, I I've known that, but I'm going to say it tomorrow. You know, no shame. I haven't had a lot of people say that that should have maybe said that. And maybe we're all the same. Because we need to arise, shine, and let the light shine. Through okay. us. Amen. The Lord bless you folks.